0: The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the
1: business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Well, hello.
0: Today on the Email Marketing Show, I'm going to be talking about how to launch and promote your own business book using some snappy email marketing.
1: I was panicking then. I had the wrong document open. And I thought, hang on a minute, I'm not ready for this at all. Uh, listen, we're dead excited to have this conversation, but before we dig into it, there's something we would love to give you completely for free. Regardless of what it is that you're working on with your email marketing right now, one of the biggest things that you should be looking at is increasing the number of people who click on the links in your emails. It's just essential and drives so much growth in terms of engagement and deliverability and tons of other stuff. So we've put together something really cool. It's a free resource called Click Tricks. And inside, you'll find 12 really creative ways to get more clicks from every email that you send. Stuff that you can start using in the very next email that you send, in fact. And it's yours free as a listener to the podcast. So just head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks and you'll be able to download it.
0: He wants a new air fryer. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple.
1: And he makes a great corned beef pie. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. Now, is corned beef the word, or is that the American version?
0: Your corned beef pie. That's the, that's the, that's the one.
1: That's what I think. Actually, it was called. Um, I do. You, I, see, I only eat corned beef pie when it's hot. If it's cold, like on a buffet, oh no. I can't. I can't eat it. Are you the same? I, I'll eat it because I do like
0: it. But no, I like it hot with some like roast potatoes or some chips or something. A bit and then you gra- put
1: anything on it, like gravy or anything.
0: Oh yeah, a bit of gravy, a bit of gravy, some peas.
1: I don't know if I've had it with gravy before. I've just had it so hot from a buffet because, you know, if you get in first before uh, huh. all the grandparents and that.
0: <laughs> I really like it. A bit of potato mixed all in. Oh, absolutely I lovely. feel like
1: it's a new thing. Oh, he's all over it like a grandparent on going beef pie. <laughs>
0: I thought you were gonna say he's all over it like gravy on corned beef pie, but
1: you went for the <laughs> no. you went for the for some reason. Um, what's happened to your air fryer? Because I think it was you who got me into air fryers in the first place. Yeah, so I bought at the time what was probably a revolutionary one a million years ago, but now it's like the cheap, basic, entry level one. Oh, the and spinny, this is the, spinny one. This is the, yeah, it's the third one I've had. Um, yeah, because like, they break after a little while, don't they? And then and it's cheaper to buy a new one than try to get one fixed. And then that's it. But now they're all the rage, and you get the ones with multiple compartments. But you know what? I'm like, I need a canary down the mine in terms of technology, and I tend not to buy anything unless I've seen loads of reviews. But I did ask on Instagram a while ago, what's the best one to get? And a 100% of people said the same brand. Now, obviously, that brand's got a bunch of models. I even got a message offering me one, uh, a, a knockoff one off the back of a lorry. I can get you them cheap, son. I can get you them cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so, now,
0: so now, if anybody wants a deal on knockoff air fryers, Rob's, <laughs> Rob's your man. He's got a garage full of them. <laughs> don't go to the shop son i can get you a cheap deal and, and, and if you if you meet rob down the pub on a on a friday night you can get you some meat to put in
1: as well <laughs> do you remember <laughs> back fair, in the day somebody used to go around the pub going oh jimmy's got some meat he's selling <laughs> truthfully i haven't taken the guy up on the offer but not because i'm against the idea just because i'm i'm sort of thinking well i don't know if you can go to prison for buying knockoff things you can go to prison for selling knockoff things i don't know if you can go to prison for buying them though
0: uh, yeah I haven't got, I haven't got a clue. Uh, please
1: answer on a Excuse postcard. Me, can I have a can I have a VAT receipt with that? <laughs> yeah. You take card, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could just do it with Apple Pay if you want. So <laughs> Anyway, hello. Every week on the show, uh, we show you how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. We'll talk about email marketing strategy, psychology, tactics and share what's working right now to make more sales online. Making you the email marketing hero of your business the brand new episode every email marketing wednesday so make sure that you right now you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player
1: as you're listening to this as well we'd love to know which episodes are floating your boat and catching your fancy so take a screenshot of the uh podcast player i threw myself off there by being so slick (laughs)
0: uh, yeah which one's tickling your pickle
1: i was so polished then i threw myself off and became less polished. Um, Take a screenshot of this episode Stick it on Instagram Tag us at Rob and Kennedy Uh, We do look at it Despite not posting very much on Instagram uh, And we will It will make us feel warm and fluffy inside
0: It will, it will
1: Rob, we've got a sponsor for the podcast this week We have It's Poster My Wall Poster My Wall? What does Poster My Wall do? Basically, they combine email marketing With graphic and video design And social media scheduling All in one place
0: A bit like, like if MailChimp and Canva and later all got together got down to it and had a baby <laughs> exactly that lovely that sounds amazing and they're sponsoring this episode of the email marketing show so definitely go and check them out go to emailmarketingheroes.com/poster my wall emailmarketingheroes.com/poster my wall check it out and remember by supporting our sponsors you're also supporting the show so a lot of people uh, turn to uh, t- t- turn to drugs, honestly. And if they if they can't fit the drugs in, they turn to writing a book, or they use the drugs to keep them awake enough to write. To the, write that's the not book. True. We're not endorsing any of the uh, any of the drugs here. But it's true. Like a lot of people do uh, write write books these days. It's a uh, people used to refer to it as the million dollar business card. Remember those days? Like oh, oh yeah. Oh god, I feel sick. <laughs> Have you got a million-dollar business card? Are you fucking joking? It's a book? <laughs> How small's this book? How many
1: business cards. 2023. Go <laughs> yeah. cool away. What are you doing in the kitchen?
0: Exactly. Get off the arger. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll burn yourself. <laughs>
1: get, back, back, get back in the pantry, Derek. <laughs> I haven't uh, got an auger or a pantry. I would like to. I would like to have both. So... Anyway, books on that. Yeah, and we've talked about it a few times. Like, shall we write a book? Maybe one day we will. People, have been ask. Asking- yeah, and I think I think largely because like you've you've obviously written very successful books um, of various descriptions in the magic industry. Although they're very different, there aren't they? Because in the magic industry, they're very much a profit thing. Yes. <laughs> in the rest of the world, they're not. Um, like the books that you can buy for magicians are generally quite expensive for you know bits of paper and card. Whereas, like in the um in the in the real world, writing books for business or whatever. Yeah, uh, which is what we're talking about. That, that's much more difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, the average, you know, average price of a book these days—you'll pay for like a non-fiction business ebook, maybe twenty dollars, twenty pounds, something like that. Yeah, I, I would think—I can't think—I just buy them on my Kindle, and I don't even um, flip it. flipping seven ninety-nine on Kindle on. I? I mean, that's that's much how much. Which you pay. that seems a bit extortionate because there's no paper and card. I, mean, I you getting, sort of want to buy I'm the get, paper I think and card I'm version. getting
1: ripped off. I think Amazon might be profiteering <laughs> from me. <laughs> So, yeah, so, but some people have written a book. Maybe it's on our radar for a thing to do one day, but I always look at it as um, I, I actually just personally find books the, the hardest thing to really learn from, and therefore I'm, I, I assume everyone else does, and I go, right, let's put it on a course, and then they can learn it properly. Because <laughs> we kind of teach very visually, don't we?
0: But then it sort of brings this whole thing of, like, a lot of people write the books, and they think, oh, I'm going to write a book. And I always say, like, when we've been doing this, when we've got our masterminds, we do our level up, mastermind days, various places in the world, people say to us, I'm going to write a book. And our first question is why? Like, where does the book fit into the business, right? Is it because of a status thing where you're trying to build brand, where you're trying to get on big stages and get, you know, big deals and Netflix deals and all that kind of thing that you see people do off the back of their books? Grand, great, that's what you're going to do. If you're going to use it as a front end to like maybe get people to buy just the book and then ascend them, and we'll give you a funnel idea for that in a second, a very basic sort of classic funnel with maybe a bit more meat on the bones than you used to, um, then that's great. Or there's the third option, which is a very popular one that a lot of big sort of classic marketers are doing, which is the free plus shipping, which is to basically write your book and then say, it's free, just cover the cost of the shipping and the handling, which will end up costing you about $20 by the time you've paid for all of that, which is essentially paying for the book. you know. Yeah. But it's positioned as free somehow. So uh, that's kind of a, a few different ways. So the first thing I would say, my opinion is, if you, if you think you want to write a book, if you think the reason is, oh, it's because I feel like there's a book in me, I'm like, honestly, I couldn't give a shit. There's loads of stuff in you. Some of it's shit, literally, right? I, I don't think it all needs to be squished between pages. So I think, uh, and, and release to the world. So I think let's really consider why we are, we are writing the book. And if it's, right, I want more leads, I'm going to use it as a way of getting leads in, great. Um, if it's profit, the book itself, you're going to, it's going to be very tough. The only time I was speaking to our friend Tim the other day, uh, I think it was on Thursday or Friday last week. And I was saying, cause he was saying to me, why haven't you guys written the book yet? And I said, well, the, the, honestly at the time versus money thing, I'm not like that into it. And he said, well, if you've got a great idea, you can get, if you get, if you go traditional publishing route rather than self-publishing, which is what a lot of people do. Um, You said you can get a hundred grand advance. I was like, suddenly, I feel like I've got a book on the verge here. (laughs) So I guess that's the other thing to think about. And we're not going to do a whole episode about how to publish your own book and stuff like that. We're going to get into the marketing of it and and making the economics of it work. But um, self-publishing means literally you're going to have it laid out yourself and you're going to have a printing company print the book. And it'll look like a book, smell like a book. It'll be a book. But it won't be, you know, Harper Collins, and it won't be Penguin or or any of the sub brands, any of those companies. Like, it won't be distributed by those things. And there's pros and cons for that. Generally, for a large publisher to look at you, you have to have some kind of reputation. You have to have done the background work of a few years and uh, and a, and a bit of an audience that they go, okay, we're going to invest. That's what they're doing. They're investing in whether they think upfront. They can flog a load of your books and make a profit on that and significant profit too. So uh, that's just just a little aside I thought I would I would share. Not yeah, really I, think, in the I think
1: there is a common misconception. maybe it's getting less and less now over time, but there certainly used to be that you if you get published if you you know go and chase publishers and one of them says yes and they publish you, that's your trick to suddenly become the big time. like they can give you the audience suddenly and that's just not true. They're going to leverage your audience and then inflate it a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So I tap into it's definitely well. worth point. I think it's definitely worth pointing out because I think that will make the difference between some people um, and what direction they want to take with this.
0: So let's talk about once you've written your book, where should you sell it? And there's always discussions in in the book publishing world. And we've got friends who are in that book bu- book publishing world, um, lot of, and they, they people say, should I put it on Amazon? Should I not put it on, on, on Amazon? And there's a real, I think, for marketing folks like all of us, it's really easy to think, no and not put it out on Amazon, because, and in, in, in you're in your 50% right, right, 50% right, that if you put it on your own website, your own page, with your own shopping cart, and people buy through that, you get the money, pretty much all of it, apart from your Stripe fees or whatever, your PayPal fees, and you also get the list. You know the email addresses, the names, and the physical addresses of all the people who've bought your book, or if you're doing it as an ebook, then I guess you've got the email addresses or whatever, and that's great. But there is something to be said for leveraging Amazon as well. And you don't have to just do one of these. I think you can do a bit of both. For me, I mean, my thinking, I don't know what you think, Rob, because we've not really um, pre-planned this. we will try to make this a little bit more conversational today. But I think what I would do, I think, is I would also have it on Amazon. Because if you can get Amazon to list it and start telling people about it in their emails, in their and listing it on their platform, they're exposing you to a brand new audience that you don't have to go and earn or pay for. So it's now on the, it's, you've now algorithmed it. I don't know how you do any of that stuff, but people do. And there's people out there, experts, you should go and, and, f- and learn and, and hire and stuff. Um, and, and that means they, they will show it to new people. Whereas if it's just on your own web page, on some far flung corner of the internet, you've now got to provide traffic. Whereas Amazon can really act as a search engine, it can act as as traffic the key to this so the experience i've got with this the what we're going to talk about today is from as you know we only share and teach stuff that we've actually done got experience of and if we haven't we'll say hey this is only an opinion and and, uh, and this is what we're sharing but in this case this is mostly based on uh, the fact that i wrote i wrote and, and released and sold one of the highest selling books in the uh, in the magic industry and magic tricks and stuff like that and i did that very strategically And so I did it through not Amazon because there's not a marketplace on Amazon for people to buy magic books, particularly. It's not a good place to do that. So yes, I did put it on my own website and I provided a bunch of traffic and we'll get into all of that a little bit later. But the other thing I wanted to do is provide it to other magic shops. There's magic shops, online magic shops, in-person magic shops all over the world. And I knew if I wholesaled it, to those magic shops and also get exposed to their audience. That's a bit like Amazon to me. It's a bit like saying, Hey, Amazon, you can stock this too. So if you're going to do that, a really important thing to do and have this two pronged approach, which is what I did run direct traffic and direct ads and all this sort of stuff to my website and have people go to the, the retailer, Amazon or all these magic shops. In, in my exact example is I thought, well, even if people buy through Amazon, I still want the the lead. I still want that contact to come into my world. So all I did, it was dead, dead simple, is at the end of every single chapter and on the first page of the book, I mentioned some kind of reason, some kind of call to action that they should come and opt in to my world, to, to a free resource. In this case, it was it could be whatever you, depending on what your book is, it could be diagrams which help make the thing easier, it could be cheat sheets which make things faster, it could be videos which make the understanding much deeper. basically anything that adds value to that particular thing. and all the better if and you can't always, all the better if you can make each. At the thing at the end of each chapter relevant to that thing so let's say you were just talking about the let's say we did a chapter about our svvc framework and then we would go This is what the svvc framework is and many of you already know what that is and we use it for all of our email sequences across doesn't matter how long they are blah blah blah, blah. we actually did a training about it uh so at the end of the end of the chapter when we talked about the svvc framework we might say uh, we did a 20-minute, if you want to see us explain this with a diagram about how to dissect your own SVVC framework for your own emails, we did a 20-minute training, and uh, we've got the recording of it. Just go to website.com slash SVVC and go and grab it, and you can go watch it for free. And then at the end of the next chapter, where we're talking about a different thing, do something similar. What that means is wherever somebody buys your book from, whether they buy it from you or a third party, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Waterstones, doesn't matter, wherever, they end up reading the book, and even after the first chapter, they are seeing their ability to go and get more resources from you. The big mistake I've seen other people do with this is they leave the call to watch at the end of the book. I can't tell you how many books, in fact, I'm going to tell you exactly how many books I've finished. It's zero. I don't think I've ever, it's a bit like expecting somebody to see the last credit at the end of the new new film that's just come out, right? So um, just make sure you do all that. So that's the sort of ways to to make sure you're using your book to bring in more email subscribers. One, you do the advertising, bring them to your platform. And the second element of it is really about making sure throughout the book, you seed things that boomerang, that like they return the people back to you and your world and get them into your world. I realize I've gone off on a, on a rant here. You probably now think that I've tied
1: Rob up and he's not allowed to talk. I think one of the things that's interesting about the debate between Amazon and your own platform and all of that is that with Amazon, it's a really good platform. You should have it there. You should use it and leverage it and sort of go through the sort of cheat that you can go through in order to get the Amazon bestseller status and all of that stuff, because all of that will help you. But then ultimately, whilst you can acquire those customers and get them to come and opt in. At the point of acquisition, which is possibly your most valuable opportunity, you've got very little opportunity to do um, the really good stuff. So like when somebody's just bought the book on Amazon, there's now nothing happens. You don't get their details. They crack on and maybe read the book, maybe don't. Um, And at that point where you've got them and they've just spent money, you now can't do anything with them. So you can have them obviously opt in as you've described, and then you can put them through a funnel or whatever, but they are a bit colder than when they first bought the book. So on the flip of that, what I would definitely say is, um, whilst you do all of that stuff, and we think that's really valuable, I would be just looking for most people to put most of the focus on your own funnel and your own opportunities. So let's talk about what a book funnel might look like. Um, obviously, the book is the starting point of it. So somebody comes along and they say, Hey, would you like this book? And again, it can either be paid or it can be free plus shipping or whatever. In other words, you can literally say, Pay me $20 and I'll send you this book. Um, or it could be, Pay me, and you have to make the economics work here, Pay me X. To cover or you know, towards what was that clever wording somebody came up with? Towards the shipping and handling. Contribute X towards the shipping and handling. Um, you have to be a little bit careful about the wording of that, um, if you're actually going to make a profit on the shipping and handling at all. Um, and we'll I'll send you this amazing book worth whatever. The only downside you have to be careful of is that if you're shipping and I've seen I've seen free plus shipping offers where the shipping and handling is 19.99, and I go, If I go to Amazon, I can buy the book for that and Amazon will ship it for free. So like you have to be a little bit careful to try and make it at least seem cheaper than just buying the book. Um, But you can play with the economics on that. Um, Then, so you have a book, say $20 and then you have a bump offer on that. So that's when somebody gets to the order form. So before they've bought, it's important, it's not an upsell. Before they have bought, there's a checkbox on the order form that says, hey, would you like this too? And for like an extra 17 or $27, I've seen it. You can either buy the, like, the audio book um, or you can buy like a missing chapter. In other words, something that is related to the book, it doesn't make it incomplete by not being included in the books. So it's not like a dodgy unethical thing. It's like an additional piece that is complementary to the book rather than um, something that feels like you've taken it out. So you just be careful in how you frame that. So people are going, well, if it's a missing chapter, <laughs> why don't you, why don't you just print it out on some paper and put it in the book and send it with it? With it? Um, so you can do that. Um, so now, now the funnel is book plus a, a bump offer of like seventeen dollars or something. On the next upsell, you have a one-click upsell, so somebody just clicks a button and they instantly buy something else for like ninety-seven dollars. So this could be like a courseified version of the book, uh, or if you use our book, if you're familiar with our boat and island strategy, we teach it could be something that sort of. um, the, This is not quite how the boat and island plays out, but effectively the next thing you want them to buy, so like the next step of the process somewhere. um, And then on the next page after that, you can sell them another thing for like $297. Uh, Or if you wanted to, you can test a trial into your membership. That's something we've thought about before. Um, A webinar registration to offer something more expensive. So if you've got like a $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000 thing um, that you sell through a webinar, then you could say, hey, listen, thanks so much for buying the book. I'm dead excited. You're going to learn all of this stuff. I particularly quite like the idea of doing a sort of um, a webinar that's framed as a implementation session for the book so hey listen we're going to send you the book that's amazing but also um coming up next week we're doing some of these implementation sessions so you can choose one of the date and times from this next page using those automated webinar things and we're going to actually unpack um what's in the book and how you can apply it specifically to what you're doing i'm going to share with you three of the biggest things that are you know uh, revolutionary towards making it work for any business or whatever and then basically they're um We've seen this before with lead magnets. So you give away a free lead magnet, and on the next page you drive people into a webinar where the webinar is designed to, right, get that worksheet you've just opted in for, print it out, bring it with you to the webinar. We're going to use it. We're going to work through it together. The webinar registration rates are so high because of commitment and consistency. They've just bought, they've just opted in for this lead magnet. And now there's a there's a masterclass that shows them how to use the, the use the worksheet or the recipe or the cheat sheet or the checklist or the quiz or whatever it is properly. That sounds great. Um, I better attend that. Otherwise, basically otherwise we have the feel feeling we're not using this thing properly. And yeah, so that's quite powerful.
0: Actually, give me another idea for what would be a really cool bump offer. It might be like a workbook. So if you've got the book as your front end, this is the information. But if you've got like a, a workbook version of the book where it's got activities and stuff in it, again, that'll be a really cool, a really cool bump offer. Again, um that could be just most of these bump offers notice, most of the bump offer and the upsells are generally going to be non-physical items which means they have zero additional cost to you and and all that kind of good stuff so um yeah i mean but they can be physical stuff i mean i remember the first ever upsell funnel i ever saw was joe vitale back in the day and uh, his front end was a physical dvd or cd or something the next thing was more CDs or more DVDs. And the next upsell was even more CDs. I mean, uh, it, it was, I, I, just, I was just loving sitting watching Uncle Joe sat at his kitchen table telling me about these additional things I needed to grab. And, and again, it was just adding more stuff into the box, which I think was a really, really cool thing. So when we're going to launch our book, there's sort of a couple of phases. There's a bunch of stuff to do before we actually launch it. We'll call it the pre-launch. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff to do when, uh, when, people, when it's available to buy, including what I do to get it on sale and what I do for the folks who have purchased. So what, what I think works really, really, really well is, is to let people know that you are writing a book. Seed the idea in the beginning. Hey, I'm writing a book. And then you can say, hey, okay, I started talking on my socials or on my emails I'm working on writing this book. Um, people seem to be quite interested. Um, I've written, I've grabbed one of the chapters. Would you like to read it? And then, at that point, start getting people to either click or opt in, somehow segment themselves, basically, to say they're interested in the book and to register to get the free chapter. The free chapter does not have to be chapter one or the introduction. It could be random chapter from somewhere near the middle. That's probably even more interesting because they're sort of way through a journey and there's loads of bits missing and there's loads of bits to come. So that works quite well. So hey, I've, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ri- I've written up the chapter eight of the book. If you'd like to grab chapter eight uh, for free and have a read of it before I release it, click here. When they click, they get to go and download it and you tag them or, or segment them or whatever, or click here and go and put your email address in and, and, and get that. So that's a really good thing to do. Another thing we like to do is help me choose. Help me choose the title of the book. So here's five different titles that me, my publisher, ChatGPT. I've been practicing saying that, by the way, just for this show. For ChatGPT, I've all, select, I've all come up with which one do you think the best? What should we go for? Which one would entice you? Or and when you get later on, hey, well, thanks for helping me choose the title of the book. So now people are feeling bought into it. You're going to add even more to it. Hey, here's three different cover designs my artwork people have done. Which one shall I go with? And they get the vote. So now you're getting people involved without going, hey, I'm still writing the book. Oh, I've written chapter nine. Now I've written chapter 10. Like um, one of the things I did is I took a screenshot of the, of the contents page of the book. So people can see all the weird titles of the sub- of the sections. If you may, and of course when you're writing the book, you want to make sure the chapters they're basically like little mini headlines. They should be enticing people to read them. They shouldn't be fun- They shouldn't be just like functional. They should be they should be marketing, driving people to-, to read the book. So that's a whole bunch. Of, you want to basically segment people, and you want to keep them interested by using lots of different things uh, like like that. So
1: that's the first bit. Then it's time to launch the actual book itself. So this is where we're going to announce the fact, and again, all of our campaigns, including this one, follow this sort of SVVC format that many of you will be familiar with, Um, but we teach it lots of places. Uh, Basically, uh, we're going to, first of all, just announce the fact that the book has finally arrived. I remember when we shared our office uh, back in the day, but before we had a business together, when your your, uh, book of Magicians arrived, I remember... um, you had the big palette of books that you'd get your photograph taken with. So that's the sort of, sort of thing you want to do is announce the fact this amazing, exciting thing has happened. It's interesting. A book probably more than anything else in the, this world is something you can kind of bring people along for the journey with you on. So like people are excited for the fact that you've published a book and they, they don't, you don't really get that in the same way with most digital products. So it's a bit like when Apple launch a new iPhone, that the, they take people on that journey with them and people are excited and you can, see, you can feel the tension. I don't know if it's the same with Samsung and the other, and the Android lot, but certainly with Apple. Um, And I think that the book does the same thing. I think even if people are relatively indifferent about you on your email list, um, that even those people come along for the ride and are excited by it. So anyway, you have a photograph of the books arriving. Again, pick a view like sat on the big pallet of books that have just arrived. So that's the first thing is to announce the fact that it's finally there. Uh, People who pre-ordered it are now going to have their sent out too, which is great. You can announce the fact people who pre-ordered it are going to get their sent out. That makes the people who haven't, Pre-ordered, it feel like they're they're missing out. Um, the other thing that you did that I thought was cool was getting people to like take photographs of them with the book, um, and then uh, which we'll talk about, and then you can send out a collage of all, an email with a collage of all these photos. In there's a handful of places where using emails, uh, using photographs and images in emails is a good idea. I think this is one of them. Um, obviously, it was cool. cool. We had
0: too. like a yeah, we had people. I mean, we'll talk a bit more about the photos thing in a second, but um, just seeing people. Of all walks of life in different places, holding uh, their book in that email just shows people. Oh, people! People are buying this, and it's undeniable. We we talk about say it, prove it. We talk about the Sippy uh, framework, don't we? And we and we're basically saying people are buying this book, and then we're proving it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the main thing. Um, get people to send in testimonials. Again, a lot of people wait too long before they ask for testimonials. Like as soon as somebody's got the book and read a bit of it, you can get a testimonial from them. Um, and then, if there's any sort of limited edition element to your book, like are you signing the first hundred and not the rest, or you know, what's the thing that you're doing that's that not many people get? You get to drive real scarcity around that. Um, we have our tool, scarcity hero, that's designed to be able to show how many how many of a particular thing are left. So you could definitely have it. So there's only a hundred copies. The first hundred copies, or thousand copies, or whatever, come with this amazing extra thing. Uh, or feature or difference mine was literally
0: there's no extra
1: content but it was done in
0: a hardback format with a nice dust jacket so it was a collector's edition it was significantly more expensive um and like i think like two three three times i think two two and a half three times more expensive i think from what i can remember um and the only difference was it's limited uh, there's only a hundred of them or something and it's uh, and these ones are hard back with a dust jacket that was the only difference everything else was a paperback it was still beautiful still the same cover design that was the only difference
1: yeah i love that so a bunch of stuff you can do there in terms of the sort of uh, launch week of your book but a lot of the work's actually done in advance uh, with the pre-launch
0: mm-hmm. actually uh, the whole idea of just having a different cover on it you know is literally the definition of repackaging exactly the same content isn't it, but going, hey, who would like to pay more because it's in a limited edition in its hardbound, it's got a dust jacket. Like We often talk about take the same stuff, don't keep reinventing stuff and and present it differently. That's the definition of that. So then you've got a a bunch of people who are buying your book. Great stuff. So what do we do with those people? What we do in the email sequence is we ask them to take photos with the book because we're going to use that in the in the launch campaign in the in the email campaign so as soon as they receive it we say hey would you please take a photo of your book i do this in two places one in the emails and secondly i have like a little um a little note that i've typed out on the computer and hand signed that i put in the envelope with each of the books which says you know thank you for buying the book i'm really excited for you but also it would really be helpful if you would drop me an email with a photo of you with the book and i do this. it's exactly the same as the email the email says take all your book arrives take a photo of you with the book. And and we're going to have a prize for whoever takes the photo of the book in the most unusual place. So either take a photo of you with the book in in a regular place, or if you have got an unusual place, you can take take a photo of it, do that. So I've had people in, you know, at the top of a swing, in a park, uh, in a mountain range... Uh, in all, all kinds of uh, crazy places with the book. And then they just make for really cool photographs uh, to stick on your social media. Um, the other thing we do is ask for testimonials. Obviously, that really helps uh, with that. Uh, the other thing um, that we did, it's just popped out of my head. It's completely gone out of my head. is um, It was to do with people taking photos. Oh, yeah, we want to just make sure that those photos, by the way, here's a little a bonus tip. Those photos of people, with it's not to do with email marketing. I just want to just make sure I share this with you is those photos of people that people are taking with the book make for great social media posts, but they make for brilliant ads, really brilliant ads, all right? So there you go. And then what you're going to do after they've been through all of that, once they've bought your book and you've asked them to take photos and testimonials, and you're then going to put them into your email engine, your score email engine or your email automations to assent them, to move them on to the next piece because uh, your book's usually your front end, uh, and then we're going to start moving them into the back end. So remember to plug them straight into uh, sending them right away, because at that moment, that's when they are most interested in learning about this topic or developing this area uh, from you. So, uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's our book launch uh, and how to promote your business book uh, to grow your email list. And then, of course, to use it as a way of ascending people up to your other offers. Both really important bits. And they, they, the book is perfect for doing both those things. It's a really good combination of email list growth and uh, as a front end to get people and ascend people.
1: With all of that said, we are not saying that you suddenly need to go and write a book. We've been toying with the idea since our very first strategy getaway two person sort of let's escape from the business and strategize for a bit. A couple of years ago now. Was that pre-pandemic? Must have been.
0: It must have been pre-pandemic. It was in Manchester, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So we've been thinking about it. So it's on our we're not thinking about it. It's on our radar of things we might do one day. But if you are writing a book or you're thinking of writing a book already, or it's already on your plan, then do it. But definitely don't. This is key. It's so tempting to derail everything you've been thinking about doing when you suddenly get excited and whipped up into a frenzy about doing something else. You definitely don't need to have a book, but if you do want to have one or you do have one or you're planning on writing one anyway, this is the perfect way to do it. Awesome.
0: Awesome source. Awesome source. So now it's time for this week's...
1: Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. And what have you got today? So bearing in mind, the emails come from me and my name. That will give context to this. Uh, the subject line was you, comma, me, comma, Kennedy and 2,000 people. It was basically, the. it was to do with our inbox live event where we had over 2,000 people registered. It was basically saying, let's get together. You, me, Kennedy, and well, 2,000 other people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. That's this week's Subject Subject Line line of the week. Week. Subject Line of the Week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Right till the very end, bless you for hanging on. I hope you got loads of value out of it. And even if you're never planning on launching a book, you can see how you can apply this structure and some of the ideas from it across multiple areas of your business. Just think about that and try and connect those dots for yourself. We'd love to hear what it is that you're doing with them. Uh, do let us know over on Instagram at Rob and Kennedy and if you haven't already make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player and we'll see you next week ta